Joining us the, uh, today, I should say, Trevor Tuff, I was going to say shortly, Outback Rave Markers. G'day, Trev. G'day, Jenny. How always are you going? Good. Always great to see that you make, make your way back very safely. Oh, yes, we get home safely. This has been a big trip, this one. Um, yeah, it was. It was two or three weeks, yeah. and uh, we managed to do quite a lot of graves. We've been marking some in town cemeteries, really as a bit of a payback for the funding and help the shires are giving us. That's but good. we also did a whole lot of lonely graves as well. Well, the local shires with the graves unmarked in their own little township would have been a bit of a mystery to them all. Um, they have Some of the shires have got good records, and did you but no one's really that? looked at them or, no, or come up with the I mean. stories of all the people, whereas our plaques tell their name and their yeah. occupation and what they died of and age. And the whole point now, if uh, the citizens of WA feel that they've got, you know, descendants that are out there somewhere, they can go and find the grave. But they're going to have to... F- they'd have to know what town that they were in and where they perhaps passed away, would well, they? Well, we're just uh, working on... We're about a week away from going live with our new uh, website... And that will, uh, we are planning to host all the Shire burial records. Oh, ideal. And so yeah. uh, people will be able to uh, dig around in our website and find Outbackgraves.org. That's the one. And a lo- you've got a lot of public feedback, haven't you? We have, yeah. We get a lot. Uh, we've had some really good stories and, and families contact us. That's and, so good. Uh, you're, you're relying on that to continue? Uh, no, we're... F- pretty we're f- full? Yeah, we're pretty full anyway. <laughs> I wonder how many out there are out there in WA. Oh, we've got thousands left to do yet. Wow. Years better years move, years. get a bit faster, I think, Trip. Yes. Okay. okay, tell us about the trip. Okay, well, we did that uh, trip up around the shires of Aluna, Leonora and Laverton and Sandstone. And we started at you and me. We did uh, quite a lot there, but we've finished that cemetery now, which is really good. And, uh, but we did also did lots of uh, lonely graves. We managed to find Tullock's grave. Uh, I think he was about 40 kilometres south of Waluna and we'd had a couple of previous goes of that over the last two years. And he was the fellow I told the story. He was uh, shifting a whole lot of sheep, 600 sheep, back in about 1896, and he perished and so did all the sheep. Mm, and we managed awful. to find his grave, which was good. Who would have buried him, I wonder? Uh, the, station, the station folk went out okay. looking for him, yeah. And uh, we also marked graves at lots of old places which have enticing names like Hawk's Nest, Red Flag, Cogler Downs and Mount Margaret. And on the, home, on the way home we went looking for some more graves that we've uh, got out our list of to-dos at uh, Edgardina and Pingen, Canalpi, Bulong and Widgimulfa, which is a lovely cemetery, uh, we counted 16 graves there. There was four headstones. And it's on a sandy peninsula which sticks out into a salt lake called Lake Lafroy. And uh, you can only drive up sort of onto the mainland and you have to walk out across the salt lake to get to Goodness the beautiful me. Spot. It would have been a lake originally, do you think? Oh, yes. A water lake. Yeah. Can I just ask you quickly in these towns, uh, is there any population at all? No, nothing. Nothing at all? No. no, no. They're all uh, where there were mining yeah. centres okay. back uh, a long time. Okay. And uh, since we talked to you last, we've also marked uh, graves at Wotheroo Cemetery, just north of uh, Perth a bit, and uh, also Papaninning Pioneer Cemetery, and that got us into an article in the Cubelling Shire newsletter. Oh, big time. Yeah, we've really hit the high (laughs) high notes now. (laughs) And uh, about a week ago, we had our annual general meeting and the same great team will continue to run our projects. How big are your team these days? 
Uh, we've got about ten, I think, on our on our committee, Very and, dedicated. and lots of other people around, I suppose. Good. But uh, also last week, one of our Outback Grave team suffered a massive heart attack, and oh thanks to the wonderful people at Sir Charles Gardner Hospital, he has managed to survive and is safe at home again now. Did this happen in the Outback? No, he was at home, yeah. That was lucky. And he really uh, was the last person you would have thought. That's quite common these days. Yeah. So we're now buying one of those defibr- defibrillators. You have to learn how to use it and say it. have to learn how to say it, yeah. <laughs> to take on us with our trips, recognising that we're all getting a bit older. And so all our best wishes go to Fletch. Good on you, Fletch. For our uh, complete recovery. Yeah. And lots of your listeners would have uh, would know him from the Nambung Country Music Festival. And he makes marvellous three-string guitars. He's oh, very clever. Dear. It's a very scary guitar. fact. And you don't have to be old to have a heart attack. That's a fact. Well, we're, all, we're all getting old. So. Yeah, but 50-year-olds are having heart attacks these days, yeah. as we know. Um, so what are some of the stories? On to some stories, yeah. So I thought I'd just tell you odd stories that uh, caught my attention. From Waluna, we have this one of a bloke called Lal Muhammad, and he was aged 60 and he died on Monday the 4th of November 1929 at the Waluna Hospital. And he was an Afghan who had kept a store at Mount Vernon for many years. But sometime previously, the deceased had been accidentally shot with a small calibre rifle and the bullet was never extricated. So this was attributed as one of the primary causes of his decease. His remains were interred in the local cemetery on Wednesday morning. You would assume assume a bullet in the body would have been the reason. Yes. Yes, that would have taken a lot to work out. And a similar one was a bloke called Frank Bolger, and he was a pastoralist, age 58, and he died in the hospital at UNM on December the 18th, 1936. And he died from a wound in the heart from a piece of shrapnel, which he'd received in World War One over oh. 20 years before it caused his death. Goodness so he carried that around for 28 years. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, Francis John Headley was age 36, and he was buried in the Church of England section of Aluna Cemetery on the 26th of April 1930 and apparently on the previous Thursday night he is supposed to have been very intoxicated and was generally abusing his wife and threatened to kill her. She states that she was afraid of her life and consequently left the house to avoid trouble, taking her two children with her. As soon as she left the house she remembered that there was a shotgun inside and thinking that Headley would cause further trouble she sent her son, aged seven years, back into the house to get the gun and bring it to her. She states it was her intention to throw the gun away into an old open-cut close by, open-cut mine close by to the house and to take away any possible chance of the gun being used by Headley. Apparently, the young uh, boy obtained the gun and gave it to her, whereupon Mr Headley is supposed to have rushed out and grappled with her to gain possession of the gun. In the struggle, the gun which was loaded went off and Headley was instantly killed as a result. The charge entered his neck and death was practically instantaneous. Mm. Mrs Headley is being held by the police. Didn't say whether she was found guilty of murder. No, we'll have to keep... I I think she would have... I think there's a movie in that one. Yeah. Movie in a lot of these stories, quite frankly. It sounded like uh, it was a good end for him anyway. It sounded... I wasn't going to mention that. Yes. (laughs) Influenza. Yeah, influenza claimed many lives across Australia in 1919 and it had been brought home by soldiers returning from World War I. It raced through the goldfields, causing the death of many folk, young and old, 
And in Leonora alone, records show that in only four and a half weeks between the 31st of May and the 1st of July, two housewives and five minors died of bronchopneumonia and influenza. No doubt many others caught the disease as well, but survived. All the minors and the two ladies were Italian, aged between 27 and 38, so they're quite young. And these young folk had travelled to the other side of the world to work hard and make a new life, but died from a disease that had no effective treatment at that time. Sounds familiar of today, doesn't it? Yeah. Very much so. And Mm. the the amount of Italians who rolled through the goldfields was enormous. That passed away. And, and, well... That were there working. That worked there, yeah. Yeah, incredible. So another one was a fellow called Pietro Lorenzo Marini, and he was a prospector aged 60 who died on the 30th of November 1938 in Leonora. And the news reporter... His headline, Lost Gold Found After the Owner Suicides. So in Kalgoorlie on Tuesday, 31 ounces of gold worth £240 lost by Pietro Marini, an Italian prospector last Wednesday at a hotel in Leonora, was found today hidden under bricks near a right-of-way at the hotel where he'd stayed the night. After having had a few drinks, Marini believed that he had lost the gold and he rushed to a battery four miles away and drank cyanide water. Mm. He died almost immediately. Police believe that Marini hid the gold in a drunken condition, forgot that he'd done so, and believed that he'd been robbed. That might have been an assumption. There might be more to that. I don't know, but (laughs) in today's terms, you're looking at nearly $70,000 of uh, gold. Equal. A listener's called through, Peter. He wants to know if you have heard of a place called... Bangamore, is it? Or Bangmore? Somewhere in between Mount Magnet and Newman. Uh, yes, we have. And uh, I think there are graves there. Okay. But uh, we haven't got to those ones yet, but we'll, we will work on them for okay, sure. Okay, if you know a bit more about it, Pete, uh, ring back to Jean and leave some information. Yeah. Good or, idea. Or send me an email at trevor at outbuckgraves.org. Okay, or, yeah, good on you. And, okay, uh, Trevor and at Outbuckgraves. Put your phone number in and I'll give you a call later. Uh, later Excellent. On. Now, we do have Frederick Jensen. Okay, he was also uh, known as John Johnson. A lot of these blokes had aliases in those days. Why? Running away from something? Um, yes, Probably. and a lot of the people with European names... Simplified it, yeah. ...really anglicised them. And uh, his story... He died at age 49 of pneumonia on the 6th of January 1913. And his story paints a familiar picture nowadays we have with uh, funding and staff shortages in hospitals and about midday on the 4th of January in 1913 uh, Dr McCall received an urgent call from the Hawke Gold Mine situated about 16 miles from Kukaini and about 20 miles from Leonora. The doctor at once set out to drive to the mine in spite of the flooded state of the country. In crossing Lake Rayside the horses were for the most part up to their bellies in water, the floor of the trap being almost awash. He arrived at his destination at 5pm only to find his patient in the last stages of pneumonia. The sick man, John Johnson, was only ill a few days but was in such a condition when medical aid arrived that his case was pronounced hopeless and despite all Dr McCall's effort, he expired an hour afterwards. Wow. The deceased was about 50 years of age and been a resident of the district for some years. The news report continues on to say that the sad event serves to emphasise the strenuous position in which the local medical officer, 
as well as the hospital staff and committee, have to work. The operations of the hospital cover a district having a radius of about 100 miles and is probably the hardest worked institute of its kind in the state. This added to the fact that the population and prosperity of the district are somewhat on the decline renders the administration of finances one continuous struggle. Recently an increased subsidy was applied for but was not granted, though a special grant of £100 was made in November last to tide over the temporary difficulty. Application has now been renewed by the committee and it is hoped that this deserving institution will receive the consideration it deserves. So. Similar problem at the moment, is it, it sounds, not? Sounds uh, yeah. the same. It's, it's interesting how history can repeat itself. Yes, mm. and I guess uh, as population grows and that too, the oh, medical yeah. uh, situation always gets difficult. What about Frederick Tummel? He was a tailor aged 60 and he's buried in the Laverton Cemetery. On the 10th of September 1906, he committed suicide by drowning. It was possibly brought on by money troubles as he only left six pounds, even with a business. A brooch and gold had been stolen from him a few days prior to his death, and that theft was probably the last straw for him. Yeah, back in those days, there wouldn't have been a lot of hope and a lot of help no, for anybody a at lot all. Of them, they were way out there of course they and were. couldn't even afford to get out. Isolated. Very sad. James Anderson. He was a condenser owner which uh, was producing drinking water from poor quality water. Really? And back then? Yeah, they uh, boiled water and yeah, collected okay. the steam. Yeah. And he was aged 40 and he was murdered by spearing on the 24th of April 1895. His death was never registered and he was born in Aberdeen in Scotland, so he was a long way from home. The native who supposedly speared him was found not guilty, which was uh, mm. a pretty good outcome. James Anderson is buried on the side of the road alongside Andrew Byrne near Siberia. And Andrew Byrne was a miner aged 60 who died in, on the 30th of August 1898 of heart disease. So those two fellows are mm. way out on their own and we will mark them. And you found that, goodness me. Many of these miners came from around the world and they'd been great travellers and adventurers. William Reed was such a miner who died at Siberia aged 66 on the 19th of September 1901. He suffered from asthma and also had a heavy cold, probably influenza. <laughs> He'd been a sailor, a soldier in the American War, a miner and an alluvial digger. He got through that and yeah. he got unwell and died. Yeah. It seems to me like uh, influenza was the main cause of death back in those days. Yes, yeah. uh, often. And when you consider that the world wasn't that easy to travel around, these not. blokes went everywhere. Yeah. William Wilcox was a miner aged 56 and he died in a mill accident at Aurobanda on the 6th of March 1914. He was engaged at saw bench sawing up blocks of wood when he somehow lost his, hold of, lost his hold of a piece of wood which was hurled back with great force by the circular saw. It caught him full in the chest, staving in his chest and also inflicting a bad gash in his throat. So that was poor yeah. William Wilcox. And we've just uh, remade nearly all the plaques we placed at Banda. We That was one of the very early cemeteries we did and, and we've done further research and so we need to change the plaques. Okay. We've remade them okay, good with on corrected you. dates. Henry Hayesom. Uh He's aged 57, died on the 14th of August 1907. He was a settler and found dead in his hut at Popaninning. The discovery was made by a little girl named Ruby Matthews whilst on her way home from school. And she told her father, who promptly telephoned the intelligence to the local police. 
Senior Constable Crow proceeded to the scene and inspected the body and uh, after they held an inquest before Dr Lewis, the coroner and a jury of three, they found that the deceased had met his death through failure of the action of the heart. Heart attack. Mm. Mm. How are we going for time? Go, yeah, go. Right. Keep okay. going. Giovanni Gordini. Giovanni Gordini was a miner and shoveler and he was killed in a mine accident at Kukaini on the 31st of May 1906 and he was 33 years old, another Italian. The fatal accident was due to his getting into an ore chute for a shovel without first obtaining an answer from the man working above. Rocks rolled down the chute while Gordini was in there and killed him. Mm. And the last story for you is on the 29th of July, 1925. Little William Spicer, aged two months, died of whooping cough and is buried in Kukaini Cemetery. He was the son of, son of Annie Irene and William Spicer, who was a railway fettler. And only ten months later, William Spicer, the father of the little boy, also died in his case mm. of kidney failure. Didn't live till like ripe old ages, did they? No. Many of them. So poor Annie lost yeah. her little son and Both. husband in less than a year. Very sad. And you're currently making some plaques? Yeah, we're working uh, to complete the Kukaini Cemetery and we plan to place all 172 plaques there in late October. Good on you. And that's been a huge job over the last two years for our research team to confirm all the details and dates and spellings. Uh, fortunately, Menzies Shire has very good records of the plot, burial plot numbers and a cemetery plan. That's fantastic. Continue mm. with your great work, won't you? Uh, we do have a podcast of our chats, and oh, they'll be put up on our site, curtainfm.com.au, in the next day or so, as always. Thank and you. if they wish to communicate with you, uh, do you want them to just go to the website or to your... Um, they can send me an email or go to the to the website and send a message. Okay, to Trevor at outbacksgrave.org. Outbackgraves.org. That's it. Yep. Or the website is just outbackgraves.org. That's right. As always, absolutely fabulous, great stories. To visualise life as it was back then is really quite amazing. I love our history. We've never yes. learned a lot, enough about it. And what you're, you are all doing is letting us know more about yeah. it. And, and we all should be very happy with our life nowadays. We, oh, we should. Absolutely right, yeah. mate.